A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand. Is is yeah. uh, is that what they're paying you now? <laughs> I wish a hundred thousand. We got a hundred thousand downloads. A hundred thousand. A hundred thousand yeah. downloads. A hundred thousand thank yous to all our listeners. Yeah. Thanks, everyone out there. Wow, that's fantastic. We are celebrating in our hearts here. Uh, yeah. Wow. We started this as a little bit of a side project, Paul, and now you are known as. Oh, this is Paul Cowling. He's the voice of 5G. How about that? And Janina Hedberg. <laughs> I don't think I have the, the same <laughs> re renown. Re renown. You're the, you're, you are the voice of 5G, Janina. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> and this is our podcast. Hello, Janina. Hi, Paul. <laughs> and welcome everyone uh, who's listening to this podcast where we talk all about 5G. The Voice of 5G is the name of this podcast. And Paul and me, we work for Ericsson. Uh, how can we describe our company, Paul, the company uh, we're working for? Well, I suppose you could uh, say it's a it's a technology company that's uh, making uh, uh, different systems for the telecommunications industry, most particularly uh, mobile uh, telephony systems. So that's everything to do with all the Gs, 2, yeah. 2G, 3G, 4G. Uh, and we've been 5G. <laughs> 5G, yes, that as well. <laughs> Don't remember. Uh, Don't forget. We're even working on 6G. Uh, yeah. But uh, well, we've been we've been around a while. Um, something happened sometime in the 1800s, I think, was when we started started out in a in somebody's garage or uh, something in Stockholm. Yeah. Uh, and we've uh, we've done a few things since then, but right now we're going to talk about 5G. Yeah, and we've also been around a while, Paul. We started talking also about 5G in the 18. Uh, hundreds uh, almost, but uh, 2018. Yeah, 2018, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. When, then, uh, uh, yeah, back then. It was still a kind of gleam in uh, in some people's eyes and mm -hmm. we had some tests out in the world, but no real commercial 5G. But now it's now it's out there. It's uh, popping up all over the place. It's everywhere. But, uh, what are we going to talk about today, Janina? So today we are talking about a hot topic for our listeners out there. Uh, we got a lot of questions about this topic from all sorts of people. Uh, we are talking about 5G for startups. How yeah, can people out there or enterprises get into how, 5G area? Yeah, how can I get involved in 5G? And I've got a good idea, uh, not necessarily for 5G, but how I can use 5G or how I can help people or businesses or or uh, industries, I've, I've got this great idea and I think 5G could be part of it. What am I going to do or you know, how do we take those good ideas for new services or new products and uh, turn them into things that uh, could be reality? Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, it's a, there's a kind of chicken and egg here as well, because for 5G to be a success, we want people to use it. 
uh, and we want operators service uh, what we call CSPs. Uh, we want them you know, to be able to make uh, you know, good economic sense out of the money they're investing in putting 5G in place, 5G networks. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, not only uh, selling 5G subscriptions to consumers, people like you and me, um, who can uh, use it for mobile broadband and, you know, get, maybe get a, a VR headset or something and do some really spooky stuff on uh, computer gaming. Uh, but also, you know, how is it going to be used for businesses? Um, and of course, uh, this uh, that's all part of the ecosystem. Mm. Uh, the, the different players that have to come together for us all to succeed. We need everybody to to do their bit. And if we you know if we all contribute with our innovation and our energy, then uh, the whole ecosystem benefits. Uh, so we're going to hear about uh, some things that Ericsson are doing there to to try and uh, help that along a little bit. Yeah. So this is an episode for you who might have an idea, uh, and you there might you might already be part of a company, or you have a a, a startup, an idea of a startup. Uh, so, but it uh, looks like uh, we have uh, solutions for both of you. Or if you're a part of a working for an operator who wants to be more in touch with uh, the ideas, uh, pick up ideas from startups and other enterprises. Of yeah, that's, that's, that's also an important aspect. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm introducing 5G in my network, but but how do I and how am I going to use it? What what's out there that could be interesting for for my customers? Yeah. Um, so we're we're doing a little bit of what we call matchmaking. We are. <laughs> so this is the episode for you uh, yeah. for matchmaking. Uh, but, but then before that, Paul, I asked you to, because we were talking just before we recorded last episode about uh, a new uh, white paper uh, about 5G interference impact on radar altimeter operations that came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and uh, you were looking at it just before we recorded last episode. And I thought perhaps we can spend a few minutes just taking people through the little knowledge that you and me have in this area. <laughs> well, I would say you have much more knowledge than I do. Yeah. So please um, guide there's, us. There's, there's that one. And you flagged another one, Janina, which is which is also interesting, which is around not uh, not radar altimeters, but weather sensing. Yeah, weather uh, forecasts. Yes, weather, weather forecasting. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, I think I think these are two two interesting applications. We 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 think about radio as being a way of of sending information backwards and forwards bet- between different places. Like yeah, radio waves. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we use radio waves for sending television signals, and we use radio waves for for uh, you know amateurs use it for talking to people on the other side of the world, mm. and we use it for uh, telephone systems. Yeah. Uh, there there are people that use it for communicating backwards and forwards between satellites and the ground. Uh, you know, and we use uh, we use radio waves for Bluetooth for connecting headphones and and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So everything Lots, is radio waves. Uses. But there are other things you can use radio waves for, and 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 this is uh, the, these are two different applications that 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 are talking about using radio waves as a form of sensor system. So a radar altimeter is is basically uh, it's it's using a radio signal and uh, uh, and using the reflections from the ground to actually measure how long it takes for the signal to come back, uh, and therefore how far up in the air is my aeroplane. Fairly straightforward, really. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, the, the weather systems that we're talking about, they're doing a similar thing. Um, they're looking at, uh, at uh, radio emissions from uh, atoms or molecules, of, uh, from water molecules in a particular, very particular band. So they can build weather maps that show how moist the air is. Uh, and, yeah. and both of these applications rely on the fact that um, they've got sensitive receivers that, that detect very low levels of signal. Uh, and then when it comes to spectrum, spectrums like broken up into different slices, uh, anybody, you know, you, 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 uh, some slices are unlicensed and anyone can use them under certain conditions and some slices are licensed and you have to go out and buy a license. Just, just one moment then. So spectrum. That is spectrum of the radio frequencies, right? I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, so spectrum is is like the collection of radio frequency bands that's available. Mm. And that goes all the way from, you know, the old, uh, a few kilohertz of, of AM radio, a few megahertz of, of you know, a few, few tens of megahertz of FM radio uh, up until, uh, up to the, you know, 1.8 to 3.5 gigahertz or, or 1.8 to 2.5 gigahertz which is the bands we typically use for for you know to 3g and 4g uh, and now we're talking about radio bands that go all the way up to you know 28 and you know, 60 gigahertz and and, and and upwards so quite a wide range of frequency bands mm. and and this is talking about uh, each of these applications uses a very specific band so the uh, the radio altimeters stuff uh, I actually used to work for a company that made radio altimeters. Ah. Uh, the radio altimeter stuff is is here is working around four gigahertz, um, and the uh, the weather system is is actually up at twenty three point eight gigahertz. So that's quite a high band, uh, and it's also not one of the bands that we so very often use when we, when it comes to five G. Um, so when you when you get a license to use a band. Um, then you know the band is specified. You can use the band between this this frequency and fr this frequency, and then there's normally some frequency defined on the, each edge, which is which is called the guard band, which is which is an area where nobody's using the frequency. So it, so if your signal spills over a little in frequency on either side, it doesn't matter too much. Mm, and, yep. But if, but if you keep going away from the frequencies that you're allowed to use, eventually you get to somebody else's frequencies and say, you know, here's somebody else who's using it. So, you know, if you think about tuning on your FM radio, you get a radio station and then you keep turning the turning the dial or pressing the pressing the tuning button uh, and it scans upwards and then the signal signal disappears and then you get the next radio station. It's the same thing with bands in the in the mobile system. You uh -huh. go from this, my band to your band. So uh, so so the, the discussion is about then if I if I'm putting in a, a mobile radio system. You know, it's allowed to transmit a certain amount of power in the band it's got and all other frequencies, it should be quiet. Nothing is ever silent. It should be quiet. Uh, and, and then you need to define what does quiet mean? Uh, but the, the, there are two things here, maybe. Um, I'm not so sure about the weather, the weather sensing system, but when you actually look in the report on the radio altimeters, there are, there, there are maybe two issues. One, a lot of radio altimeters. Yeah, there are a lot of aeroplanes that have been around for a long time and their radio altimeters were not really designed to filter out stuff that's outside of the band they're supposed to use because nobody was using it, so it didn't really matter. 
so they're so they're maybe a little too sensitive for signals coming in from the outside. Um, so that means that even if I'm in my band and don't transmit anything anywhere else outside of my band, that can still disturb the radio altimeter. Um, but the other one is is you know if I transmit my signal in the band that I've been licensed, uh, I need to get below these limits uh, for the signals that I put into other bands, like the band that's being used for weather sensing. But the, uh, you know, because the weather sensing application and the radio altimeter application both rely on very sensitive receivers, it may be the case that even those low levels that I'm allowed to put into that cause them an issue in being able to detect the very low signals that they're looking for. Uh, but I know that in the in the weather sensing case, it, it, and it, there's there's a question of there's always a question of what's what am I allowed? You know, what does the specification allow me to put out in terms of out of band signaling? Uh, but then there's also a question of well, what's actually going to be experienced by a system doing you no know, weather sensing from a satellite? Because you know, when we're talking about using 20 plus gigahertz band. We're using beamforming. We're sending signals uh, horizontally, um, and so they're and so they're fairly tightly focused, and and, and we know that those signals di dissipate quite quite quickly. So the question is, how much of the you know, how strong will the out of band signal be if it's if you're looking in a direction where the radio is not sending? If the, if the radio is sending like a, uh, if you imagine a laser beam, the question is. If I send a laser beam, which is very powerful, how much light leaks out in in the directions that the laser beam is not pointing? Um, so that's that's basically the discussion I think that we need to have is is you know how pragmatically speaking, how much signal are you going to see for this application in this band uh, if it's not the band that the radio mobile system is using and it's not in this in the direction that the mobile system is is sending energy. That's that's so that's those those you know, very very interesting use cases on on the, the issues of spectrum policy. Yeah. So would you and say and that? And I can't yeah. I can't say right now what, what the result of that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we we hope somewhere down the line that would they find a compromise that uh, that looks at how do we uh, harden radio altimeters against interference, or you know how do we make sure that the the requirements on the radio bands are such that uh, they that we're good neighbours to each other. Mm. It's a bit, it's a bit like living next door to somebody, and uh, you know, then uh, if they if they turn their, uh, you know, if how loud can they play their music before it disturbs you? And, yeah. And uh, you know, and how and and is there a difference between if you're sitting in the garden and sitting in the house? Mm. But but what we could say is that. People don't have to be worried about, you know, planes falling out of the sky or that we won't get any weather forecasts in the future. It's more of a, well, how can we agree on the standards so this works for everyone? Is that correct? Yeah, I th uh, in first instance, yeah, of course, because, uh, you know, if it was going to be a if if it things were really going to stop working, then I then I guess that uh, you'd have to find a way to make sure they keep working. I guess it's watch this space, see what they come up with. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that deep dive into uh, 5G interference in weather forecasts and altimeters, uh, Paul. 
Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, watch this space. Let's see how it how it continues to evolve and if people can agree on mm. how to use new technology. Uh, and now over to our uh, guests from Ericsson's Consumer Lab. Uh, and let's talk about uh, 5G for startups. In today's uh, The Voice of 5G podcast, we have uh, Two visitors from Ericsson Consumer Lab. We have a senior researcher and also project lead for the Startup 5G program, Christina Pandrea with us. Hi, Christina. Hi, Christina. Hi, Janina. Hi, Paul. Hi. And also, yeah, happy to have you. Uh, also, we have uh, Jasmeet City, who is the head of the Consumer Lab with us as well. Hi, Jasmeet. Hello, guys. Hi, and we are here to talk about startup 5g right paul right exactly but uh, but maybe before we start talking about the startup 5g um just a few words about 5g really there's a lot of expectation with 5g um that it's going to be used very differently from the way we've used the previous g's so it's not just going to be a consumer thing uh it's going to come out to enterprises it's going to come out to industries and it's going to support lots of different use cases um but one of the interesting questions and one of the interesting uh, things for the industry is, is how are we going to get from where we are today uh, to to a, to a future situation where we can actually take advantage of 5G uh, and that's really I think what uh, what we're here to talk about today so maybe just me you can kick us off yeah so sure Paul so I, I think as you rightly put in I mean 5G is uh, is is not just another G. I mean, it's it's a whole new sort of an innovation platform which offers a host of different possibilities uh, for the society in general, also for enterprises and and industries. And it's interesting that uh, uh, just a few days back we launched our uh, uh, new research in this space, uh, really highlighting the opportunity around uh 5g and and what are the sort of uh, revenue possibilities that it could generate for the entire ecosystem uh, and it's interesting uh, that we we expect and we anticipate that uh, by 2030 uh, the 5g network platform uh, is gen- is going to generate in excess of about 31 trillion us dollars in cumulative revenues uh, for the 5g ecosystem and and when we say the ecosystem uh, there are a host of different players that could actually benefit from this platform. Uh, it could be developers, uh, content uh, creators, content publishers, uh, handset manufacturers, and also uh, service providers who are really building uh, the super highway for a lot of content and rich media to essentially travel over it. That is some huge number, though. So this is like a. It's a. It's a also. I suppose it's a. Now it's becoming more and more of a backbone of our modern society. Exactly. I mean, it 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 might look like a huge number, uh, but we we sh- when we started looking at this uh, and tried to build this sort of forecast, it was very clear that uh, the consumer spending today uh, is almost about sixty five percent of the overall GDP. 
so when you look at consumer spending, there is spending which is going into uh, communications and connectivity, uh, you know, over health, over education and so forth. And, and 5G as a technology is going to influence all these sectors, uh, right from how we are going to communicate in the future, how we're going to connect in future, uh, to how we will, uh, you know, for education, uh, you know, from, from a healthcare perspective, telemedicine, uh, robotic surgeries, uh, and also a host of different areas which could be around the future of work as well, especially as it becomes much more relevant now in, in, this, in this pandemic that we need to start thinking about uh, a sort of a digital recovery uh, of the economy. And the best way to do that is to start thinking about what these new technologies really can do from a day-to-day -day life perspective. I, I saw some numbers recently that talked about the the, the pandemic and uh, um, something like uh, you know something like half of businesses expect that uh, their employees will be doing a lot more homeworking uh, after the pandemic than uh, than they were doing before. So I think we you know we're clearly at a stage where the way people work is is changing um, and the way people do business is changing. Absolutely, and and we see this also from our research. Uh, we see that while uh, organizations and companies are trying to improve the working from home conditions of their employees, the employees and people are also getting used to it and, and trying to make the best out of it. So probably the future office scenario will be a lot different, a lot more digital and a lot more flexible, right? Uh, so it, it will be working from home and working from, from the office space. But this is, um, this is a change that will stay with us for, for many years to come, for sure. Yeah. So what impact does the networks then have on the way of way we're doing business? Service providers need to focus on other things now. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, we we have for some time highlighted that 5G uh, is going to be driven by the by the enterprise and the business opportunity, but I I don't think we should forget uh, that the consumer market is is already a core uh, business uh, for the service providers. Almost uh, 60 to 70% of uh, the current revenues for the service providers are being accrued uh, from the consumer market. So it's still a very important market. And in the initial days of uh, now with deployment of 5G, a, a lot of launches are focusing uh, on the consumer uh, market. And hence, it's very important that, uh, you know, service providers can think about how they can innovate, uh, you know, over the 5G network platform that, of course, offers uh, great network characteristics, uh, right from enhanced speeds to lower latency, better battery, you know, efficiency to, to handle a, a lot of huge amount of uh, data traffic that's running on the network. Um, and, and the key part that I think we also highlighted in the report is that, uh, the use cases, uh, you know, are going to be very, very important and critical in order to realize and unlock the the value of uh, 5G for the service providers, but also for uh, the developers uh, in in the ecosystem and other ecosystem players as well. Uh, and this is only achievable, uh, you know, if if we have all the players in the ecosystem uh, working together and and working on innovating and really hashing out. Uh, those compelling use cases uh, that is going to convince the consumer of the value of 5G. Yeah, we've talked about this a couple of times before. It's like it's the search for the killer app, right? <laughs> exactly. And and I think, you know, we, we're all searching for that killer app. And what's different now is in comparison to into the history, 
in the 3G era uh, the, and the 4G era, the use cases were were very established. Uh, you know, we started with mobile internet uh, in 4G. Uh, video was was the already established sort of killer application. With 5G, now we are walking into a, a bit of an unknown uh, sort mm. of territory where the use cases are, are are not established, and that is an opportunity, uh, you know, for uh, everybody in the ecosystem to take a much more assertive role uh, in order to curate those sort of uh, use cases as such. And uh, I mean, a lot of research that we have done at Consumer Lab, we have highlighted some of those possibilities of use cases, right from uh, you know augmented reality uh, gaming, going up to uh, you know in-car or in in automotive uh, connectivity and and safety features and so forth. So uh, there are a plethora of of different possibilities, but the need is really for uh, you know for there to be uh, some sort of a forum or uh, you know a, a, a sort of a congregation point where service providers uh, and and the other ecosystem players can work together. In order to really realize uh, and and in a tangible way come out with these use cases. Yeah. yeah so, so you from oh sorry Paul go ahead. I was I was going to say I I I view this a little bit like uh, like a swarm of killer bees. There isn't one killer app. There's uh, there's lots of use cases that all build on the same platform. Sure. Uh, and it's and it's that like. Uh, uh, critical mass of of individual use cases when you put them together that that brings this uh, combined benefit. Absolutely, it, it's you know many creeks create a river at the end of the day, and we are at the stage now where all of these use cases um, are starting to see the light of the day, and as they scale up and as the adoption of them uh, of these services is growing among consumers, we will uh, see the day when uh, we we will basically be able to say, hey, this was the killer application that we were not able to see in 2020, but you know, five, five years down the line, it will be clear what is driving uh, uh, traffic in the network and uh, what is going to be uh, the killer app for 5G for sure. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing with hindsight. You can look back and see what it was that you couldn't see before. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you you see a gap here between uh, the the yeah the applications or the the usages of of five G and uh, what services uh, the service providers can uh, build up or should focus mm. on. Yeah, uh, exactly. And you've seen this from the consumer lab Ericsson's consumer lab side, I guess, because you are talking a lot uh, with the consumers and what's happening out there. So you have this new um, program, right? Yes, exactly. So we, we have this new program, uh, which is called Startup 5G. Uh, and and the intent with the Startup 5G is, is exactly, you know, getting together uh, with the ecosystem and, and really innovating uh, on the 5G platform. And, and it started, uh, you know, the thinking behind this actually struck when when we were uh, you know still in the early phases of 5g launches we saw the launches happening in in south korea in april 2019 so at that point of time we were discussing with with some developers and it was very clear that the developers were developing applications not for 5g they were developing applications to get scale to monetize 
those applications. And there was very little consideration on whether uh, you know that is going to run on on a four G network or or on a five G network because they they will fine tune the application to pretty much run on on any sort of uh, network conditions. And when we started talking with the developers and and sensitize them about what could five G really offer. Uh, from from a capability perspective, uh, they were extremely excited, uh, and they were wondering why uh, haven't anybody from the industry, uh, you know, gone about sensitizing them about uh, you know what could be the possibilities, what type of new experiences that they could essentially create uh, with 5G. And side by side, we were of course we we at Consumer Lab, you know, meet service providers and and we consult with them. We advise them on a lot of consumer trends and usage behaviors. And it was very clear that the service providers were were still uh, searching for those compelling applications and services that could be bundled uh, over a, a 5G plan. Uh, mm-hmm. And and we saw that that was the the perfect opportunity. We had to get you know both these sites together. And Ericsson had to play a role of of an orchestrator or a catalyst uh, in doing that, and that was uh, the 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 point which triggered us to kickstart uh, this project uh, of startup 5G. And ever since that point, I think we haven't looked back. Uh, you know, we we've we've gained from uh, starting with just a handful of startups. Now I think we have close to about uh, 12, 15 startups on on our uh, catalog. Uh, and the ambition, of course, is to grow that as as we go forward. Uh, but I mean, our, our theory is very simple. There is always somebody out there who is building something new. Uh, we just need to be out there to find that. And that's exactly what what we are doing is to find those golden nuggets, uh, you know, startups that are really groundbreaking, who can best take the advantage of 5G and create those compelling experiences for consumers. That sounds that sounds really cool, um, but it, with the the startups that you, that you work with, what type of uh, support or assistance are you are you giving them? As part of the program, of course, one of the the key reasons why why we're why we're bringing startups on board and why why they want to be uh, shaking hands with us is because we have such a good um, uh, network of collaborators across the world and we have such good contact with our customers. Uh, so we are offering them the the opportunity and the great chance of basically getting to the the key decision makers in, in the telco organizations and have these meaningful discussions and um, uh, move the envelope on on uh, kind of their commercial agreements with with the service providers so that's that's of course the the highlight of the program I could say and the thing that keeps us unique and, and differentiates us from from other similar project uh, programs uh, then, of course, we have the technology leadership when, when it comes to 5G, and we have a lot of knowledge we can share with the startups, and we also offer them the, the opportunity to test their solutions of our uh, 5G test beds, if that's something that they, they still have not done yet. Uh, and then, of course, um, uh, high visibility in all our, our um, marketing communications and um, uh, public um, public events where we talk about the opportunities with 5G and uh, what the uh, future networks are capable of enabling, right? Because um, 
5G is, is of course, cool, but what, what we build on top of it is a lot more relevant for, for, the, end of for the end consumer. And we use this these events where, where we talk about Ericsson to also highlight the, the importance of the startups. And then last but not least, um, this is a diverse pack of companies. Uh, they work across the ecosystem with various solutions. Some are content developers, some are platform developers, some are technology developers or hardware manufacturers. So once they joined the program, they kind of realized that um, working within the program itself and, and getting to meet other startups and join forces to develop their business even further, they combine um, their technologies and, and um, push it forward with their solution. So it's a lot of great things that are deriving just by, by being part of it, um, of Startup 5G. Mm. Mm -hmm. Is there any particular startups that you are turning uh, towards that you want extra much? Mm. I mean, you know, each of them has its own speciality and, and their own special in, in their own way. Uh, one of them that I I, um, I like to talk about because it's also close to our heart uh, when we talk about 5G is is um, Inception XR uh, because what they are building is a network adaptive application. Uh, and what that means is that, um, and then I'll talk about the use case as well, but just as a background, what, what the app is doing is that once you're in a 4G environment, the renderings that you're seeing are, um, are um, good enough to keep a good experience for the user you move into a 5G uh, network setup, then the renderings that you're seeing, the animations that you're seeing are a lot more immersive uh, and, um, and uh, engaging uh, for the consumer. And so what Inception XR is doing is that they build edutainment applications, uh, augmented reality mm -hmm. books for children. And I think this is so relevant nowadays with, with remote schooling and with a uh, homeschooling situation where, you know, all of a sudden you have to stay home and, and make sure that your kids are also spending their times over screens in, in, in a good manner. So this is where Inception XR is, is building these educational books where children can learn to how to read. They, they, they learn uh, calculus as well. Uh, so they have this interactive application where where they can do all these things and also once they are out and about maybe on a bus maybe on a train maybe they are in a car and they're going somewhere they can play these games uh, over a 5g network uh, and and um, keep themselves occupied with a very good compelling content so yeah. that's inception Exoria. but mm. there, there are many cool. others working with other segments as well mm, so that was one example of uh, one uh, one business that you're you're working with at the moment or that you mm. you will start work with very soon right yes we we were working with them <laughs> we're with working the with them yeah jasmine do you yeah. want to talk about the any device manufacturer that you like most or? yeah i think uh, as part of the program we uh, we have uh, <clears throat> you know we're working with both uh, device manufacturers as well as software and and application developers and when we are looking at at devices, you know, our focus to think about uh, 5G beyond the smartphones. So, uh, so far, you know, uh, we've been relegated with previous technologies just to the smartphone. But I think what 5G is is going to bring in is possibly new form factors. Now, whether th those are going to be uh, glasses uh, that you're going to wear, 
uh, or uh, you know even uh, some some sort of groundbreaking form factors you know th- that could be maybe a neck band wearable and and so forth so one one part is to work with these uh, device manufacturers and then the other part is really to work with uh, application developers who can develop applications uh, on top of these uh, sort of new form factors and devices that we see so one startup in particular that that I uh, that I really like and and I think is is really interesting is uh, uh, you know uh, this company which which is based in Taiwan and it's called XR Space and they have a uh, the world's first VR uh, virtual reality headset with embedded 5G so it's a completely untethered uh, virtual reality headset uh, that comes with with a SIM card slot you can pop in a, a 5G SIM card. And and just use uh, the virtual reality headset, but not not just the device itself. I think the, the 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 USP of the device is that it comes with an integrated social virtual reality platform that allows you to socialize in in different environments with your friends and families, or even people across the globe. And I think that is is becoming more and more relevant now during the yeah. pandemic, as we have it's seen. Very relevant, yeah. Uh, you know, and 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 I think once we have that social VR platform, right from the meetings that that you and me are doing right now uh, on on a two D medium on a screen, are essentially going to go immersive in virtual reality, where uh, you know you can you can don any sort of avatar uh, that you wanted to. And we can be sitting uh, besides a beach uh, in in Hawaii and and probably doing this uh, interview in an immersive environment. So, I, I think the possibilities are endless, and that's where five G comes in. Uh, is basically uh, bringing about uh, the massive uh, bandwidth that is really required to download all those assets in virtual reality, the low latency, uh, which is also required, and mobility uh, by all means. I mean, I don't want to be using a VR headset either to my PC in my room. Uh, I should be able to use this VR headset any place, in, in a co-working space, in a cafe, outside if I wanted to. And, and those are the possibilities that we really see with, with such type of devices in the future. Mm. Very futuristic view, yes. Uh, so this program, uh, it's, a, it's a global program. So uh, you, you were talking about Taiwan here. And, I mean, it's, uh, can you sign up from anywhere? Yes, absolutely. Mm. And uh, you will get uh, a level of support if you, I guess you, uh, you get accepted of to the program. Yeah, of and course. then and you then get then a we... level of support from from Ericsson, and uh, you will get sort of matched or suggested. Yes. Um, so, so oh, absolutely. So we go through an initial conversation where, where we basically see where, what, what the ambitions of the startup um, are. And also if, uh, if they have uh, a solution that uh, has something to do with 5G, right? Because that's, that's the main criteria of, mm. uh, of the startups that are joining the program, which is that they have a solution, uh, an innovative solution over 5G. Then, of course, we, we evaluate uh, kind of the potential to scale of such applications and also the offering um, that uh, the the startup has for service providers, because this is our target audience, uh, service providers. And then afterwards, uh, we have a good connection with, with our customers. We understand their needs. Uh, you know, some service providers want to enable healthcare use cases. Some uh, service providers want to enable entertainment 
entertainment use cases. Their own have uh, their assets and, and their ambitions and their strategies in place. So then by, by judging um, the, their profile as well and also what the startups we have in the program, we do the matchmaking that will best optimize and benefit both the startup and the service provider. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the way we go about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and can you be matched also with several service providers? So you're or mm-hmm. you can exactly yes, exactly. So yeah. the, the the advantage that that we have as as Ericsson is uh, as Christina mentioned. I mean the the wide breadth of service providers that we work with across the globe. So for the advantage for the startups out here is to help them scale beyond their own market, and and likewise for the service providers who have been struggling a bit trying to find those compelling use cases uh, or or partners that they can work with outside their own market, uh, then this sort of a global program becomes very, very relevant. Uh, the additional point, since since you brought out about what type of startups and so forth, I think uh, you could be an early stage startup or you could be a mature stage startup. Uh, what we're really looking for is for your solution to be going beyond just an idea on the paper. Uh, so we would need a, a sort of a working prototype uh, that could then essentially envision uh, uh, the final product. And of course, the final product can can come in in terms of a, a bit of a roadmap out here. But we, we are looking for uh, startups that can uh, go beyond just an idea on the paper to having something tangible uh, that, that can be then uh, shown or visualized, uh, you know, and, and that makes it much easier for the service providers to also visualize what they could enable on the 5G platform. Yeah, uh, and I, we do get a lot of questions uh, to our podcast from people out there wanting to know how their startup can uh, use 5G. So I guess this is the program for, for them then, right? Yes, <laughs> I think this is, a, this is fair to say that this is a very good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, you, if you're working for a company uh, that is uh, not a startup, but still wants to explore uh, the, the potential or use of, of 5G, there is another program uh, that Ericsson is driving, right? The the D15, it's called. Yeah, so we we have the D15, which is uh, which is the the uh, unit which is based in Silicon Valley, and and uh, I think how how these two programs kind of interface with each other is also important uh, to to discuss out here. So how how we are working right now at at Startup 5G is scouting and and going out and tracing all these interesting. Uh, startups and and when we say startups, we we are not uh, dismissing that you could be a more established firm as well who has a compelling solution. I mean, you're uh-huh. most welcome. You're most welcome to join uh, the startup 5G program. So we're not limiting it to just the just the startups. Mm. And once we figure out uh, that the startups have have a potential and and uh, you know they there is a bit of that commercial readiness as well, we then. Uh, ensure that to some level there is a connection to D15, which then provides all the uh, the technical capabilities and the test bed capability that that is available in order to test and and these solutions and probably also work with the US uh, service providers as well. So our job with Startup 5G is to feed in all these interesting uh, entities to to D15 and work with them mm-hmm. in in a collaborative manner. 
uh, you know, uh, probably working over each other's uh, footprint as such, and mm-hmm. and working together in order to realize how best we can we can uh, monetize uh, the five G network platform. Excellent. What do people out there need to do? <laughs> What's the first step? <laughs> so of course we have a, a web page available. Uh, there we have a lot of information about uh, the program, but also uh, contact details. Uh, so they can go to uh, www.ericsson.com slash startup minus 5G. So it's a, it, this is the, the vanity URL, so everyone can reach <laughs> out to us there. And we have the contact details. Uh, so, you know, just reach out to us. We're available and we're all ears. Yeah, startup minus 5G seems to be a little bit odd, but <laughs> the way, you, the yeah, way of, uh, of doing URLs. Uh, we will also link to the address in the show notes so everyone can get to it. Mm? Paul, were you going to say something? I was just going to say that in English we maybe would say hyphen. <laughs> hyphen, okay, hyphen 5G. <laughs> that probably sounds better than minus 5G. Minus 5G. Yeah. Sure startups does. without 5G. Yes, that's what we not want. We want startups with 5G. Great to know and great for our listeners to take action on. Now everyone knows what to do, even if you're not a startup, if you are a startup and if you have a good idea, go to this webpage and sign up to join that program. And thank you, Jess Smith and Christina, for joining this podcast and uh, talking about uh, startups for 5G. Thank you. Thank you. Most welcome. And thanks, everyone, for listening. (laughs) And bye. bye.